G'day, Phil Gould here. You are listening to Set Restart, the podcast which tackles all things rugby league, from grassroots levels right through to the professionals. No topic gets the red card on Set Restart. Welcome to another episode of Set Restart. I'm Craig O'Donnell. And I'm Joe Morley. Hello and welcome to another edition of Set Restart. Unfortunately, my co-host Craig O'Donnell can't make it today. Um, unfortunately, not very well. So we wish him all the best. Get 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 better, buddy. And um, obviously, you'll catch you'll catch the next episode, I'm sure. So unfortunately, you're going to have to <laughs> listen to me rambling on. But we're very lucky today to have a, a fantastic guest. Um, he is the founder of Grassroots Multimedia, and he's a just signed a, a one-year extension with the RFL to be the official media partner. Yep. Welcome, Sean Burton. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to uh, to get chat with you guys. I've, I'm an avid listener, and every podcast so far has been fantastic. So I'm really excited to be to be involved. Thanks, Sean. Uh, you checked in the post after that, mate. Love, yeah. <laughs> love that plug. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, um, how how's lockdown been for you, Sean? Obviously, it seems like it's. Um, going on forever you still been able to work and, and yeah. keep busy yeah so obviously um with my company with uh grassroots multimedia um the rugby side of things has been pretty rubbish usually i film about 40 games a year and last year with it being a pandemic we filmed six games so four games just before lockdown one then we came out of lockdown in the winter and i filmed two games then we went back into lockdown again so in terms of grassroots multimedia it wasn't a fantastic uh, year due to lockdown. Um, but in terms of my day job, I'm a teacher, and um, we were going in during the, during the lockdown because uh, key worker kids were getting dropped off. And I'm currently going into school now during this lockdown. So um, so I pretty much have two full-time jobs, teaching and running my company. And my company was sort of put down, put down to a standstill due to the pandemic. But uh, the teaching side of things uh, still went ahead as normal. So my life is pretty pretty normal pretty just going going steady i just wish there was more rugby to to report about but you know there are people who are worse off than me yeah yeah no hey hey um but yeah totally agree on the uh the rugby point um yeah we need it back asap don't we just yeah. uh it's uh it's our passion and um we, we certainly miss it so so sean i just obviously with your accent you haven't got a whole accent you haven't got a northern accent yeah um i want to get a bit of a bit of a background obviously you haven't come into the sport via traditional route you're not part of the the m62 corridor can we give our listeners a bit of background to yourself how, how have you got into rugby league yeah so um obviously i grew up down south in uh in hertfordshire which is a london suburb a little town called chesant uh always played rugby union and uh came to hull for university studied geography at the university of hull and my geography teacher at the time, uh, who went to Cambridge, he said that there's a really good lecturer at Hull Uni doing geography. So if you go if you go to Hull Uni, you can pretty much have the same standard of education as a Cambridge student because he's a really good lecturer, a guy called Jack Hardesty. And Jack Hardesty moved to Hull to help develop Siemens. So he works part time at Hull Uni doing geography lecturing, and he also he's also a consultant at Siemens. That's why he left Cambridge, and he was he was fantastic. So came here for university, played rugby union at the uni, played rugby union for local amateur teams around Hull, 
Um, fell in love with my missus, get married next year, or get married this summer. And um, as most locals know, you don't you don't ever leave home. I tried to persuade the missus to move down south, and she wasn't having it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I've lived there ever since. So it's my ninth year in Hull, and um, pretty much local now. Love it, chip spice, chip butty, all that kind of jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, bet you tell your friends back home about chip spice, and they don't have a clue what yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> no, my mates, my mates, you come and visit me up here in Hull. When they have chip spice, they go absolutely mental. So I, I actually send them chip spice tubs in the post for their birthday presents and stuff like that. So they, they love it. That's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely quality. Yeah. So how did um, GRM come about then, Sean? So Obviously, you've set that off 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 your own back. You know, it's a, it's a brave step. How how come you you took those steps? Yeah, so I've always been into sort of cameras and editing. So whenever we went travelling, me and the missus, I would just film things and make like little montage videos using like cinematic music, cinematic editing. And it got to the stage where I just wanted to continue that hobby of just filming and editing. And obviously, I was playing um, rugby union at my local club, Helensians. Uh, which is in Yorkshire Division 1, decent standard of rugby union. And I said, you know what, lads, this weekend I'm going to film the game just to make a bit of a montage video for you guys. And so I filmed the game, edited it, and put it on Facebook, and it got 800 views. And so I thought, 800 views, that's that's absolutely amazing. Um, Because obviously from my teacher background, um, you know, Assembly Hall holds about 400 students. So I thought 800 views, 800 people, that's, that's twice as many kids yeah, yeah. who would be in like an Assembly Hall. So I thought that was absolutely massive. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to play this at school. So I played the video of Helensians in class to some of the kids because a lot of kids I taught played rugby league locally. And I said, what do you think of this? Because they always used to slate me about rugby union and say it's absolutely rubbish. <laughs> so I said, watch this montage video. You're going to be changed for life. Rugby union is the sport going forward. So they watched it, they loved it. They said, come down and, and film our game. And um, most of the kids played for West Hall. And so yeah. they were playing Siddle at the time. And I went down and filmed this game, the Siddle game. And it was West Hall against Siddle, under 16s. And in this team, we had Mikey Lewis, who's at Hull KR now. Yeah, yeah. And at this, in, in the Siddle team, <clears throat> you had Morgan Smithies and uh, Tom Olroyd, who's at uh, Leeds, and obviously Morgan's at, at Wigan. So he had some really, really good players. Wow. So I filmed this game, made a montage, stuck it on Facebook. I got 800 views for my Helensians video, Rugby Union, but I got 8,000 views <laughs> for the West Hole game. And I was like, you know what? Maybe Rugby League is more popular. And all the kids <laughs> are going mental, they're sharing it. And then school the next day, they're going absolutely mental for it, saying, I heard you filmed this video. Uh, can you come down to our club? Because we had kids playing for whole white kids playing for Mighton and so in 2017 when I started the company I initially just drove around Hull doing local teams and then Hull Daily Mail picked it up and did articles about it and I think it was Love Rugby League and all these other rugby league publications were just promoting it so it grew from there so 2017 um, I probably filmed about maybe 25 games completely self-funded I bought my own camera etc and then 2018, the RFL found out about it, and then they came on board. So um, that's like the beginning. That's sort of the the short story, long type of thing of, of how it all started. Fantastic. I just want to go back to that to that first game of rugby league that you, that you covered. What was your first impressions of the amateur sport? Um, obviously, yeah. I, me and Craig, we've, we've grown up with rugby league, and it's it's in our blood. But from from a guy, you know, with a rugby union background, a southern background, 
yeah. just want to know what your first impressions was of, of the sport. Um, firstly, obviously, you have to be a lot fitter. I played a couple of rugby league games myself, and the fitness level is just unreal, and the contact is unreal. Um, union, you have to tackle around the waist. Anything above the waist is usually a penalty. Whereas league, everything seems to be about nipple height or neck height. And I was, <laughs> at first, I was like, Jesus, literally this clothesline the kid. And um, that's a normal tackle in rugby league. And it's just so dramatic and physical. I just wish I was fit enough to play it myself. But, you know, playing number eight rugby union my whole life, I just didn't have the fitness levels to get into league myself. But in, from a spectator point of view, I was just completely blown away straight away. Um, this, this, the speed in which they move the ball. Uh, I can definitely say uh, from a U- rugby union point of view that rugby league skill level is massive compared to league. You know, your, your forwards have... Um, skill level which I've seen uh, in terms of uh, props in the NCL your forwards have skill levels which can beat most halfbacks at the same level in rugby union uh, because the forwards are like pivots are like they're like halfbacks in the front line if that makes sense yeah, yeah. Um, which I was not expecting because forwards in union are just battering rams they get the ball and they basically crash ball it into the defensive line whereas the forwards in league um, can actually play the ball a little bit which is fantastic to see well, I'm really glad you picked up on that, Sean, because when, as you know, I try and watch a few rugby union games here and there, and that's something which I pick on and, and, and me and Craig pick on up all the time because we see it, you know, on a daily basis. You know, our, our kids are taught how to play, how to the decision making skills, yeah, uh, and passing before contact, passing in contact. And I just think like, that's inbred from an early age. Or sometimes when, and I'm not, this isn't a show about knocking rugby union at all, the, the, yep. the different sports. But yeah, I think that's something which is a massive difference and a, a differential between both sports. However, I think the point I want to make here is that I think rugby union are, are cottoning onto that and they're bringing more and more elements of the rugby league skill elements into their sport, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. You're seeing a lot more rugby league coaches going over to union um you've got Sean Wayne he went over to Union for a bit and he's come back to Rugby League and um you know there's so many more examples of Union coaches I'm sorry league coaches have gone across to Union because uh Eddie Jones said it um <clears throat> Union coaches are looking just to play the ball a bit faster just to increase the skill level uh slightly better and play slightly more of a Rugby League style of play with Rugby Union rules so they want quicker play the balls um they want more sort of clever artistic plays whereas union used to be kind of you know uh, I, I hate the term but more kick and chase playing for territory yeah whereas now it's more keep the ball in the hands and outplay the opposition whereas before you know growing up we're always told to play territory you know if we're, if we're pinning our own half kick it go for line out and then attack the line you know 20 yards out from their line that's how i grew up playing rugby whereas league you kind of have to battle up the pitch and to do that you need to have skill and physicality, and that's what they're trying to bring into Union now. Yeah, so I think Rugby League have got to be aware of that. It's certainly certainly a threat to the sport. But, but going back to you, but going back to yourself, Sean, um, you, you know, you, you're showing a real passion for the amateur game, and I wondered if you've ever have, ever had the opportunity to maybe step up and go into the, the professional game and, and doing some camera work, or are, are you so focused on the amateur game and highlighting the like you say, the skill set of these young players and yeah. and 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 the and the adults game and uh, men's game in, in in the area is that something that you're totally focused on? Yeah, I mean, with my RFL deal, I'm pretty much like one of their videographers. So sometimes they'll get me in. So I did. I've made promos for Challenge Cups. 
I made promos for um, grand finals, etc. Because just just of an extra pair of hands in terms of somebody who can edit and somebody who has an eye for the game. However, my passion does lie in grassroots, so I try to avoid as much as I can the professional stuff right. because I, I just think grassroots level rugby is so cinematic, it's, it's so engaging, and it's where my passion lies. Um, so you know, I'm going down to to West Hull, to Skirla, to Riding Sharks over Rowington. And you know, I'm I'm zooming in at blades of grass and like um, getting in the change rooms, etc. And it's, you know, it's getting those like close-up shots and those those emotional shots that sometimes people miss. And um, when you do stuff at the higher level, they don't really care too much about that. All they want to do is promote the game in terms of the the match, the 80 minutes you see. Whereas I like to do all aspects of the game, the community, the people you don't see behind closed doors who who, who sort of run the game. So. Um, Jerome Sports pretty much focused mostly on the grassroots level of the game. Fantastic, because yeah, you, you touched on it there. You know, the, the community game is it, it is the heartbed of the community in Hull, in Warrington, in in these you know working class places. Yeah, the league is really at the heartbed and show, showcasing these volunteers, the, the hard work and the the dedication that they put in on a day to day basis to keep to keep the clubs going and yeah. keep these young people, you know actively engaged in the sport and, and not only that the the, the the you know they're turning them into fine human beings as well at the same time so yeah you know, massive wraps for you for wanting to showcase that i think that's that's fantastic yeah. i just want to touch on sean what what have you achieved so far you know i've seen a few of your tweets and you're touching on some of the types of numbers that you that you're reaching and yeah you know, that's some, some massive massive figures there yeah, so so people don't know. So Jerome Sport, um, basically the the crux of the crux of what we do is we go down to amateur teams, amateur clubs, and we film highlight videos, um, usually about ten minutes in length, and um, we put those on YouTube. So we started off on Facebook on my own, and um, they were getting a couple of thousand views, maybe two thousand, three thousand on average. Then I moved over to YouTube, and you know pre-COVID, 2019 was our best year. And most of our videos were getting over 15,000 views, but we had quite a few videos also reach over 100,000 views. So I was filming um, the Skirla with England's um, against France on the 16s, and both these both these games were getting over 100,000 views. And I'm just thinking, 100,000 people watching grassroots rugby yeah. is just completely unheard of. But um, so yeah, so in terms of numbers, in 2019 we got 1.7 million views which, you know, I wasn't expecting at all because in my first year when I was in Holding the Mail and all these other publications, I think we got maybe 40, 50,000 views. Everyone thought that was amazing. And then <laughs> the year, the, a couple of years later, we we're getting over a million views. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really taken off. It's a shame that when we built up all this momentum, yeah. um, COVID happened, which obviously didn't only affect me, but affected so many other people as well. Yeah, you just like to think, though, when, once we do get to back to some normality, you know, people are going to be craving grassroots sport, aren't they? So you'd like to you'd be able to pick up from where you left off. So yep. what what is the the ambition of GRM then? Then shot. What 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 do you want it to achieve? Maybe in, in five years time. Yeah. So I'm really driven by American sports, and I always tweet. And you know, sometimes it winds people up because like we're not America, and there's reasons why America do really well. Um, but if you look at the NFL and if you look lower than the NFL, if you look at, say, the college and high school level of the sport, I would say, I would argue that the high school level of um, American football is promoted more than Super League level of rugby league in England. 
Um, you've got multiple platforms like mine who go to high schools and produce really cinematic highlight packages. And what we do at Jira Sport, we don't just go down and stand on the gantry and just, you know swing from left to right filming the game. We move around the pitch, you know, we're filming the crowd, we're filming the reactions, the emotions. And that's how they sort of film high school sports in America. And so there's a couple of programs on Netflix like Last Chance U, you've got Hard Knocks on HBO, where it's, it shows you more than just a game of American football. You know, I've never watched um, an NFL game from start to finish in my life, but I've watched a lot of these like Last Chance U type programs, um, NFL films on YouTube, all these kind of like short montage style episodes which summarize the game but also give you an in-depth look into the community behind each team and you know the personalities of each players so um the, the long-term ambition for Durham Sport is to produce something similar where you know maybe on Netflix maybe on YouTube but to a bigger audience where sort of showcasing the personalities behind grassroots rugby league and you know the nuts and bolts what keeps keeps every club going sort of thing Love it. Absolutely love it. Because for me, you know, <laughs> rugby league needs new ideas. It needs people like yourself who, who are looking at it from a different angle and, and actually looking at it from a 21st century point of view, you know, looking at what the different trends are um, that are happening in the world. And obviously streaming is is one of those things which I think we can really utilise as a sport. But but like you say, these, these the, the, the amateur game that we've got it's just full of characters full of yeah. unbelievable people which don't get highlighted and, and i like to think you know we're trying to do the same thing you know set restart i'm going to try and try and do it but obviously you're hitting yeah you guys did a good job <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you're 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 hitting you know unbelievable numbers and i really that would be something which i, I would love to see you know <laughs> a, a netflix series or a, a, a like i say a, a youtube series where you, you really delve into the like the nuts and crannies of, of the amateur game because there's some unbelievable people and unbelievable stories which yeah. I'm sure will be wanted to be seen by the mass audience. You know, yeah. people aren't interested in rugby league, but like you say, look, watch these types of programmes and fall in love with the sport. Yeah, just to touch on like the un- unbelievable personalities, like you mentioned, um, Shane Wilson, who is a coach at... Um, Saddleworth in um, Lancashire for you know well over a decade so he's well known in the area um, he's good mates with Kevin Sinfield Kevin Sinfield's son played in Shane Wilson's team and unfortunately Shane Wilson passed away um, just after Christmas and last year I only filmed six games of rugby but luckily one of those games I filmed was um, Saddleworth against uh, Salford Roosters under 15s and obviously Shane Wilson's team so I got to film the last ever game that Shane Wilson coached of Saddleworth at the time. And my filming style is, isn't just like when it, when it kicks off, we, we, stop, we turn the cameras on. You know, we're getting drone footage coming in before the game. We're filming super slow-mo close-ups of the players' faces. We're in the huddle listening to the coaches' team talks. And, you know, I filmed Shane Wilson's last ever team talk with his players. And they used that footage at his funeral. And so if it wasn't for um, me wanting to film in that particular style, we wouldn't be able to preserve that moment for his family and the players who obviously grown up with him as a coach. So for me, all the things that I've achieved in terms of the big numbers and all that kind of jazz, that was the most rewarding thing to hear when I got a phone call saying, 
we've used your footage at the funeral because you captured Shane's last ever game with his lads. Um, obviously, it was heartbreaking to hear that he passed away, but I was, I was, I was happy to know that I can contribute in some sort of positive way in such a sad moment uh, for his family, etc. Um, so, you know, for me, that was like justification to keep going, keep capturing these really close moments that some people, some people miss and sort of brush over. Because I have a really, um, really geeky need to pay attention to detail and just, <laughs> just film everything. And that was like justification to continue to film everything because you never know, you know, the importance of some of the clips that I put out. Yeah, I bet. Wow, that's absolutely incredible and yeah. quite moving, Sean, actually. Yeah, so, honestly, I was no. I was really emotional. When I got the phone call saying he passed away, one, I was sad because I met him and he's a top bloke. And uh, when they told me they played my footage at the funeral and, you know, the, the, the huddle, the team talk, etc., I was like, I'm so glad I captured that for you guys because it's such an important moment, so... Yeah, well, hey, hey, Sean, well, well, well said, and I can imagine how proud, like you know, that your work was 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 able to capture that. Yeah. Um, I just probably want to go back a couple of steps, Sean, and how do you select your games? What yeah. do, do, do teams come to you and say, oh, we've got a, we've got a big game this weekend, can you come down? Or are you doing that personally, selecting the games which you feel will provide the best content? So. Not, there's loads of different ways. There's no like, there's not like a set formula of how I set how how I pick a, a game. So um, when I first started out and I was funded it myself, I only did teams in Yorkshire because obviously I travel, the petrol, etc. But um, when I got the funding from the RFL, the idea was that three games would be in Yorkshire and one game would be, well, three weekends or, or in a month, three weekends would be in Yorkshire and one weekend I have to travel out 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 of Yorkshire. So um, so to pick a team. I usually say, right, comment below uh, or the video, let me know where you want me to go next. Or I might do like an Instagram competition. There's so many different ways I pick um, games. But I try to do, like, initially I try to do a mixture of abilities. But then I had a, a long discussion with the fans who follow us in Jerome Sport on Instagram. That's where most of our fan engagement is. And um, I just said, look, we want to keep the standard of our videos really high. And so, therefore, we're going to show the highest standard of amateur rugby. So, to do that, we focus mostly on the first two divisions of every age group. So, we film every age from tots, which is like you're under five, right up to open age. And obviously, with your tots, there are no ability levels. But from under 13s and over, we focus on the, the, the top two divisions of those two age groups right across the country. So, we could go to Lancashire and focus on um, the teams in the top two divisions there or go down to London, etc. So, we're pretty much nationwide. But well, we focus mostly on the top two divisions and we ask people to just let us know who they want to see next sort of thing. Oh, fantastic. Do you personally have a have a preference, Sean, in terms of age group that you uh, that you cover? Are you yeah. more leaning to the men's side, you know, the open age, or uh, do you prefer to do the juniors? I'll tell you what, our, our most watched videos are usually under 15 level or, or under 16 level. So last year, our most watched video was obviously the academy game, England under 16s against France. That's got well over 120,000 views. Um, and Ryland Sharks against Crossfields, which is an under-15s game, that's also got a high uh, viewage. And also uh, Castleford sort of scholarship games. And the reason why um, that's got such high viewer numbers is because those are the, that's the age group that which watches YouTube. So yeah. sometimes I go down and watch and film a, an open-age game really good game, great talent, some ex-pros who come back and play open age for, you know, NCO Division 1 or whatever, or Premier League, 
Um, but it doesn't get the same numbers as under 15s because your open age lads have families, have jobs, they're not really sat down watching YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So firstly, I choose, a mo- I prefer to uh, stick to your under 15s mostly because they're, they're, they're the higher, they're the, they're the group who are mostly watching YouTube videos. Yeah, and also the, well, also, also the skill level is massive at that age group too. That's where the kids are starting to uh, play scholarships. So they might yeah. play at Skirler on the weekends, but in the middle of the week, they're going down to um, C or Hull KR and they're bringing back some of the skills they're learning from the pro game into their amateur um, performance. And therefore, the skill level is is, is massive. Yeah, no, that, that totally make, makes sense. Yeah. Do you ever get uh, any coaches coming to you after the game and say, Sean, uh, you give us a, the footage for after the game so I can see where my team went wrong and try and use it for analytical reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when this we we've got quite a few um, scouts who watch us. So usually after I put a game out, I got loads of scouts texting me after the Saddleworth and um, Salford Roosters game because some really good players on the show there. So usually after I put a game out which features maybe under 14s or the 15s, I'll get a lot of scouts texting me saying, can you send me the full game so we can analyse the players, see who we might sign onto our scholarships? Wow. You do get you do get coaches saying, you know, how much is the footage or whatever, <laughs> uh, can we buy the full game? But it's not really ideal because I move around so much during a game. I don't have like a, a start to finish. I don't, I don't have every single second of the game yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'm filming from so many different angles because the idea is to promote more than just what you see on the pitch is to promote the whole aspect of community rugby league. So to do that, I have to, you know, spend a couple of seconds filming the crowd and filming their reactions and the parents' reactions to their kids scoring tries. And uh, the coaches aren't really too interested in that. They just want to see the plays. They want, they want me to stand in one place and and film that way. So uh, <laughs> my style of footage isn't really ideal for coaches to analyse and break down, but it's great for kids to uh, show off at school that they make uh, the tries they scored on the weekend and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, definitely see that happening. Six more tackles is called. There it is. There's the six again, buzzer. Are you ready for quick uh, six quick fire questions, Sean? Yep, I'm ready. Number one, best amateur game you've ever covered and why? So the best amateur game I've ever covered was the first ever game I filmed, which was West Hall against Siddle under 16s back in 2017. Morgan Smithies, Mike. Lewis have gone on to play Super League now and uh, the reason why is because it was a really tight game really high skill level and that's why a lot of the players who played in that game have gone on to be professionals Number two have we got used to the northern accent yet? I have um, there was a few words when I got up to the northern northern part of Yorkshire where I haven't got a scooby doo what they're talking about <laughs> um, but going home down south I went to watch a rugby union game with some, some old friends and there was a new guy to our friendship group and he said to me, where are you from then? I said, I'm from around here. So, uh, <laughs> so even Southerners, Southerners think I'm Northern, so I'm one of you guys, I'm one of you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, number three, is there a team you'd like to cover, but haven't covered yet? Yeah, so um, there's a few teams down south in London, which I haven't covered yet. So I want to do more in London. There's a team out in Bristol who I've covered during the London Nines tournament, which I'm involved in. I want to cover them as well because they're, they're really good. Just as many teams as I can outside the Heartlands because I think it's really cool that they're playing rugby league so far away from rugby league is, is mostly based. Number four. Favourite whole term? Ah, well, like you know, I'm a teacher, so I hear all kinds of terms chucked around classrooms, etc., and hallways. 
and my favourite term by far has to be gadgy. Not sure. <laughs> it has so many different connotations. You can use gadgy in so many different terms. There's gadgy burger, the restaurant chain, and there's gadgy, which basically means you're a bit of a bit of an idiot, and there's gadgy, which means you've got a bit lucky. So uh, I love the term gadgy. <laughs> <laughs> Very versatile word. <laughs> it is, yeah. Number five. What do you miss most about London? Um, I think just the buzz and like having things to do. So you know, every weekend there's something new going on. Whereas living in a hole sometimes it's, it can be a bit dull sometimes. But uh, I love the contrast. I love the fact I can go see my family and, and, and have that city life. But also when it gets too much, I can drive four hours back up the A1. To- hole and, uh, and break away from it all. Sean, it's never dull in all, I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get so much stick for that one as well. <laughs> uh, finally, number six, if you could interview anyone, who would it be? Who's on your bucket list? Um, has to be Greg Inglis. I think he's a, a super athlete. I just want to know like where he gets it from, uh, who coached him. Uh, who's given him the best advice coming up because it's all a bit of a mystery he doesn't do many interviews uh, Greg and now he's over in the Super League I'm, I'm going to try see if I can get a favour out of the RFL see if I can get him on the podcast or something because uh, I'm sure he's got a fair few uh, trade secrets that can uh, benefit some of the kids who, who follow me well after you've done him Sean send him our way won't yeah you? yeah we'll do <laughs> Yeah, we've covered like obviously how you've got into the game and 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 what you bring to 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 the amateur game, the grassroots sport. So when did the RFL get involved then, Sean? And was that something which I don't know? Was you excited at the time when they first approached you? Yeah. So um, uh, obviously 2017 when we first started, um, we had a really good. Well, I, I, I say we, but it was mostly me and my own at the time. I say we because now we have a team of about six or seven. Uh, but at the time, in 2017, it was just me doing all the articles, doing all the filming. But now I do the filming editing. I've got some guys who go out and do articles and stuff and match reports around around the amateur game. But in 2017, we've got quite good numbers. We're in the papers, etc. And I emailed the RFL saying, would you like me to um, film your SkyTry stuff? And I sent them some of my footage of the amateur um, teams that I'd filmed already. And um, I sent it to Mark Dutton, who was running SkyTry. But he was just transitioning from SkyTry to run the World Cup bid. So Mark runs all the World Cup stuff. So he does um, the bids. He pays for the pr- promo videos, all that kind of stuff. He gets the ambassadors in. So you Luke Gales, etc. So Mark said, I'm no longer involved in SkyTry. He passed me on to a guy called Tom Brindle. And Tom Brindle said, this is far too good for the SkyTry. When they get you in doing what you're doing on a regular basis, but give you the budget and platform to do it on a much bigger scale. So at the start of the 2018 uh, season, I had a meeting with the RFL at Red Hall, which is a beautiful building. And they said, right, here's your budget. And, you know, we're going to put out some of your videos on our, on our platform on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, etc. So we can get your name out there. And we just want you to just go to more teams outside of Yorkshire whenever you can sort of thing. And uh, that was in 2018, two years ago. Had a really good two year relationship with them. And they gave me an extension um, at Christmas time last year. What is it like your remit with the RFL then, Sean? Are, are you will you be touching on like the marketing side of the game, or is it just literally they give you a um, a storyboard or like a game that you need just need to go cover, or are you, I don't know, consulting with them on types of stuff which you could, I don't know, see the RFL improving the promotion of the sport? 
yeah, it's quite a broad relationship, really. I don't, I, would, I don't really have um, a say in terms of how they promote the sport, but they sort of give me the freedom to decide um, which games to go to, as long as I'm covering a, a, a wide area. So they absolutely love when I go down to London and do like your London Chargers, etc. And they're pushing me to go to Bristol to film the Bristol team, and I think that's going to be a great opportunity when, when, when that comes around. But um, essentially, they just give me like a blank canvas and say, you know, we know you've got the skill go out there, film games and, and keep promoting rugby league. But they also encouraged me to film some of your bigger events. So they told me about France coming to Hulk Yard to play England. Um, I filmed the Academy Origin game, which had like your Dom Young, who's over in NRL now, so he's doing really well. So they'll, they'll, they'll email, email me and say, right, it's going to be a really uh, big game this weekend. You should probably film that rather than filming this game. And Therefore, you know, we're promoting the game uh, in a, on a larger scale. So they really just give me a freedom what I want, but um, they sometimes encourage me to do other games because of this, this, this the scale and the size and, and the potential viewership. I see, I see. And can you see that relationship developing? Is that something which you want to build on and maybe do more stuff for the RFL? Or obviously, the RFL and Super League are different. Could you see yourself working with Super League in the future, or potentially even bigger than that, and, and going into the Australian game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ambitious person. I've thought about all these things already. Um, I thought about using part of my uh, budget for the year to travel to Australia with any team that tour Australia. So West Hall went out to Australia and I was going to go with them and just film um, a few amateur Australian teams and film West Hall against them sort of thing um, just to get my name out there and maybe a local paper would pick it up and then the NRO might pick it up and then we can expand that way. That never came into fruition, but it's still something that might happen in the future. Um, but in terms of Super League, I've worked with Super League on a, a, a few smaller projects, like we did some BLM stuff last year. But um, I, 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 I even offered to to edit Super League uh, promos for free, but there was a bit of logistics in terms of Sky on all the rights to the footage, and I have yeah. to go across to their offices in Salford to access that. So it's not the easiest logistical uh, process to get hold of. Um, Super League footage but a lot of people say to me you should be promoting the Super League the same way you, pro- you promote um, grassroots level because with some of the productions I've made for the RFL I'm not sure if you saw any things we were making during lockdown but they were getting 50, 60,000 views yeah, yeah. which was some of the most watched videos the RFL put out that year and so um, just, just for a laugh I made a video saying uh, we don't make Super League videos but if we did, it would look like this. It was just like a Super League montage of um, various grand finals in really big games. And that got 10,000 views on Twitter. Let's put it out on Twitter just to see what reaction it will get. And everyone was just saying you should be working for Super League and making promos on a regular basis. But um, there's just too many things in the way. Like I'm a teacher, so I'd have to give up my teaching job. And you know, I'm at the, right at the top of the scale of teaching because I've done it for so many years. And I'm really passionate about grassroots. So if I was working for Super League, I'd want to do Super League and grassroots. I wouldn't want to give up the grassroots element of things. But I'm quite vocal on Twitter in, in terms of um, how I think Super League could promote the game more. Um, some people think that, you know, I'm just whiny. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh, You're from, a typical Northern and then, uh, Sean, we're all yeah, whiny, especially yeah. about rugby league. <laughs> yeah. I always just say, like, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. And um, it's, it seems like at the top end of rugby league, they just promote the game in the same ways every single year. Nothing's new, there's nothing fresh. 
and you've seen with like this massive TikTok movement on, on social media of kids etc if you want to do well from a marketing standpoint you have to constantly evolve yep. and I haven't seen much evolution in terms of the way that Super League promote the game and I would say things like it's a disservice to the players because we've got players like Blake Austin, Tommy Makinson, some really amazing athletes who play rugby league. If you look at the grand final last year, that was just a specimen of a of a, of a sporting event yeah. based on physicality and skill. It don't but get much better than that game, Sean. It doesn't. It? That was a great game. Um, but in terms of promotion, what have we done to promote the game using some of that footage? I used a lot of that footage in the promo I made. But I haven't seen much of that being kicked out on social media or kicked out on mainstream mainstream media. So yeah. um, I, I'm as always having a moan and just trying to push, just trying to push the marketing side of the sport as much as I can. Because if I don't, you know, no, well, people do, but people not with a, a platform the size of mine, uh, you know, because I've got a, a fair amount of followers on Instagram and YouTube. So if I keep just pushing that narrative that we need to promote the game as much as possible, maybe maybe we'll see change. So who knows? Yeah, nail nail on the head there, Sean. Like my biggest gripe about Super League is they just don't seem to have a plan. Or if it is, it certainly is a public. And it certainly doesn't show. You know who are they trying to attract? You know, one minute we're we're an expansion sport and we're trying to get to Toronto and and and, and you know Wales. We had an, um, a, an attempt to break into Wales, and now all of a sudden we, we've kind of scrapped that and we're, we're focusing on the Heartlands and. Yeah. trying to grow the sport in those areas. Whatever way that you feel that like the sport should go, whatever direction you should go, you just need a plan for that. You know, yeah. what, what do you want the sport to look like in five years' time? And let's have a goal and let's pull all our resources and pull all our energy to achieving that. And it just seems, for me, the game, certainly Super League, it's too wish-washy. Oh, let's, let's try this and let's try that. Oh, let's see what happens. Instead of actually being really determined to going out and achieving it and, like like I said, put the resources into achieving that goal, then, like you say, if you do the same things over and over again, you're going to get the same results. Just yeah. touching on the promo, Sean, my biggest thing with the promos is they actually never show the rugby league in them. They, sh- they yeah. never actually show the skills of the players mm. and what the sport's about. You know, it's sometimes they try and build our players into being robots, into Iron Men and, and the the big, strong players, but not everybody's attracted to that. No. But, you know, there's, we've got some unbelievable fast players. We've got some unbelievable skillful players with the ball, unbelievable tacklers, the big hits, you know, gets people off, off the feet. And we never actually show that. We never yeah. actually look at what what's our unique selling point in terms of a sport which other sports don't have and pushing that and i just feel yeah i've seen your montages sean and and that's exactly what what you do and, and I, I agree with all the other positive feedback that you've had and and that's for me that's the angle we should be going down is showcasing our players actual abilities rather than dressing them up as big iron men and showing them in training pulling you know 400 k's out you know, off the, off off a off a rack or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Let's show them on the field. Let's show them on the field. Yeah, I think um, the blueprints there. If you look at the NRL, they have a wide ranging uh, method to promote the NRL. They don't just do the same type of promo. Like they did, a, they did a really hilarious and really cool promo on um, 
and on John Bateman, which started off in Bradford. Let's talk about his upbringing in Bradford and what he's done in NRL type of thing. It's just out-of-the-box promos which really engage the audience. I just haven't really seen that in Super League. It's not like it's uh, something that's never been done before. They can look at NFL, they can look at the NRL and just say, right, we need to be promoting a game like that. But it seems like that that idea is just completely absent from people who, who work over in, in those organisations. And I know the RFL are keen to promote the game, else they wouldn't have got me in, they wouldn't have signed a partnership yeah. deal. The RFL and the Super League are two do- totally different organisations. The RFL almost want to build the game from the ground up. So they love hearing you know, the numbers of, of the engagement we're having with people in our videos. They're always asking me how many people watch this, you know. What was it like? What was the skill level like? They're really interested in, in the grassroots level and, and building a game from the ground up. But the Super League, this seemed, this seemed like, uh, you know, I hate to use the term, but like headless chickens, just not really knowing how to promote the game. Um, but when but there are existing blueprints out there which they can sort of steal ideas from, no one's going to have a go and say, we saw that in NRL. People will be more happy to see it happen in our game as well. So... Who knows? They might get somebody in who's really creative and then wants to push the marketing side of things. But um, I, I'm I'm interested to know like how much of their annual budget they spend on marketing over at the Super League because you know it just doesn't seem like a lot. No, no, you're probably right there. Um, like all we can do is is hope that they they are putting those plans in place and they are looking at marketing the game differently using these different channels because. You know, the game all of a sudden could be so accessible to millions of people if you're using, like you said, the right channels. And yeah, all we can do is is hope and and somebody like yourself is getting involved in in the into the Super League, um, so we can really push this game because we all know how good it is. But if we don't tell anybody and we don't show it. Nobody yeah. else is going to follow us, unfortunately. I, I think there's elements that the Super League can learn from us as well, from a grassroots standpoint. For example, you starting this podcast, uh, my platform as well. So on on YouTube, we've got 8,000 subscribers and we've been going for you know, two years. And the Super League have 15,000 subscribers and they've been going for well over a decade on YouTube. Wow. And, you know, if I carry on growing at the rate I'm growing, it means that in a year or a year and a half, I'm going to have more subscribers watching grassroots rugby than there are subscribers watching youtube watching super league on youtube and that should never be the case because really the top end should be should have the most viewers the most of everything really um but in this case there's more people watching grassroots rugby on youtube than there are watching super league and youtube's a massive free platform a free way to promote the game is this not being utilized effectively um so i'm interested to see if they're if they're ever going to sort of use more social media outside of twitter Twitter seems to be their key way of promoting stuff. And there's so many other ways. Even TikTok. I hate TikTok. I, I can't stand it. <laughs> However, TikTok do amazing numbers. Like Their viewership is just incredible. So they can put little sh- short skits on there um, just to promote Rugby League a bit better. So who knows what the future is going to hold. But um, uh, you know, there are things that, that could change uh, on the top end. Yeah, and uh, it's not as if our plays are accessible. Like, we're, you know, me and Craig are recently new to this game and we've been able to get the time of some, you know, of international rugby players, international coaches, and they're more than willing to give their time and support the game. So, it, like you say, it just seems like they've just got to get off the backside and actually put put plans in place and, and get going with it. Otherwise, we're just going to stagnate. And if, if anything, we're, we're going backwards, you know, 
uh, darts has got their own bloody Sky Sports channel and rugby yeah. league doesn't. And and it for me it proper grinds me. But yeah, yeah, that's another thing. There's so many there's so many sports which I see on TV. I'm like, why are more people watching this than rugby league when rugby league is absolutely incredible in terms of like just the 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 emotion and the drama and the physicality and the skill and more people are watching darts which basically fat blokes chucking a, a sharp object at a wall which isn't that dynamic it's literally like elbow to to finger <laughs> and that's it and they get yeah. higher numbers and, to, and i grew up in north london so ali pally where they play the world ch- um, darts championships I, I used to drive past it on the way to school all the time on boswell hill and the scenes are absolutely incredible it's almost like magic weekend but Magic Weekend deserves that uh, that sort of excitement because it's rugby league and there's so many aspects to it. But to see that many people excited about darts, I literally can't get my head around it. Yeah. Um, just to go back to just to touch on what you spoke about on players being amazing and so accessible, and I, I could agree with that because you know whenever I need a player, we have our own podcast as well, and every player I've asked, like you know Jermaine McGilvery, who's obviously played in World Cup finals. Whenever I ask players to get involved in our podcast and things that we do, they always say yes. So it's not like our players are acting like super divas and don't want to get involved in media stuff. They're just not being asked or they're not being given the opportunities to really showcase the game or, or what they can do. And um, I won't give away too many names, but um, I've, I've got 15 Super League players and three uh, women Super League players who are going to help me with some promo stuff uh, this month. I've just put it together literally uh, today. Um, so throughout February, or depends on when this comes out really, but this month we've got quite a few uh, big name Super League players like your Blake Hostings, your Tommy Makinsons who are getting involved and in helping me promote GRM Sport and helping me promote Season 5 of what we do. So it's our fifth season going out to amateur teams and, and filming um, you know, your amateur, like your West Hall, your Skirlers, your Ryland Sharks, your Salford Roosters. They're helping me promote that this season, helping me build a bit of a buzz for grassroots rugby. They're not asking for a single penny either. They just want to do it because they love rugby league and they, they love what I do. And they're actively engaging in what I do on a weekly basis. Uh, last season, whenever I put a video out, I got Blake Austin DMing me saying that was a really good video, that was a really good game and stuff like that. So even though they're, they're Super League and they're right up, right up in the, the higher tier of rugby league, they definitely still keep an eye on, um, on the grassroots level. And they're promoting the game more than people who are paid, paid to market the game, uh, which is just incredible, isn't it? So... Yeah, that that uh, project sounds absolutely exciting and something yeah. that uh, our listeners will definitely look forward to to watching. So, so Sean, how how can people you know get 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 involved with GRM? You know, watch your videos. <coughs> follow uh, w- w- what social media platforms do they follow you on? Have you got a website? Yeah. Thirty seconds. You've got to give you your opportunity to plug yourself. Yep. So GRM Sport, the number one grassroots platform in the country. Uh, we're on YouTube, just type in GRM Sport. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but our main two platforms are Instagram and YouTube. We've got 8,000 subscribers on, on YouTube. Uh, we've got just under 7,000 followers on Instagram. Um, we're hoping to have over 10,000 on both. That was our target for 2020, but obviously the pandemic held us back a little bit. Uh, we're about to start season five, so our fifth season covering grassroots rugby and uh, really excited. Hopefully, um, we're at the back end of this pandemic now. We can really start promoting grassroots rugby, and um, I'm hoping it's going to be our best season ever. So uh, I've got I've got the uh, the buzz. I've got the energy. I've got the I've got the drive. I'm going to push for the best numbers we've ever had, as long as the pandemic allows it. Fantastic, Sean. Um, really appreciate your time. It's been it's been amazing to talk to you. 
talk talk about your passion about the the grassroots game. It's great. It's great to see a, a Londoner just as passionate as <laughs> as we are. So yeah, no, thank you very much for your time, Sean. No, it's been ace. So, like I said, I've been listening to a few of the podcasts. You guys did a really good job. So when you reached out, I said yes straight away. Uh, not only because you guys are doing a great job for the game in terms of promoting it, but also because you're top blokes and uh, the podcast have been super interesting. Yeah, I think that's a, a great place to leave it, Sean. No, thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. This has been Set Restart. Thank you.